How are we doing, guys? Welcome to Fit Food Radio. This is episode 114, and it's me in my Christmas jumper with Keris Wagwan. Wagwan. <laughs> how are you? I'm fine. How are you? It's soon be Christmas. I know. Are you excited? The days Not as excited as you, I have to say. I do like Christmas. Yeah, you do. I've always been a, I've always been very Christmassy. You've got about ten Christmas bobolats, ten Christmas jumpers. I have. Do I pull them off first? Question. Five advent calendars. <laughs> no, you're lying. That, yeah. <laughs> no, you're lying. I actually feel a bit sorry for Keris because my mum my bought us, um, she tends to buy us both a, a chocolate advent calendar every year from a Hotel Chocolat. And she got, <laughs> she got me a white chocolate one. Boom. <laughs> and uh, not only did she get Keris a dark chocolate one, but she got Keris a 100% <laughs> dark chocolate one. Who wants to eat 100% dark chocolate? Do you know what? Like there are... I, I had no joke. No, no, I do like some 100%s. And I love the 90% in Hotel Chocolat, but the 100% is just one step because it's not even like... It's just, it's just not on. On the subject of chocolate, not many people... I thought everyone knew this, but I don't think everyone knows this. Some of the 100% chocolates that you eat, they process in a certain way. They, they It's called uh, processed with alkaline or they alkalize the chocolate so that it's not as bitter. So many of the 100% brands that we found we can eat, I'm not going to mention the brands. Well, I can't eat any of them. So yes, you can. There's no we. There's one with the cacao nibs and orange oil that you eat a little bit of. Yeah, but only because it's like you, you put it in the pot of chocolate when we normally have like a little post-dinner <laughs> chocolate here and I just happen to pick one up by mistake. <laughs> and then you look at me with, <laughs> with that face and you go, oh, your mouth what, open and go, what is what this? Was that? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Run it, running down my chin yeah, exactly. proper dramatic yeah. <laughs> yeah but especially when I've had a nice sweet one but yeah. then you have that it's even worse so anyway that those a lot of the 100% that I can eat or the 90% that I can eat they're not that bitter they do something they, to it yeah basically but it does mean that they have less antioxidants in them so because it's the bitterness in it uh, that kind of you know Basically, <laughs> spit out love. I know, I can't think. The bitterness or the bitter taste of it actually reflects its antioxidant capacity. So, how did you find this out? Did they know, do this to it? Everything about chocolate. Right. And if you know anything about chocolate, you'll know know this stuff. So, some of the, a lot of the nineties and and even some of the eighty fives, they do this so that you 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 buy it thinking because I think obviously the food industry jumped on the fact that we all go, oh, dark chocolate's good for us oh, now. Oh yeah, it's in. Yeah, but have you noticed? I mean, even things can be labelled dark chocolate, and I didn't even realise this, but certain people who don't label weed, uh, like obviously as a nutritional therapist, you're quite into like label weeding and stuff. Most health people are, healthy individuals are, but if you don't label weed, dark chocolate can be... What about elf people? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It can be 50% cocoa solids, so that's not a lot really, is it? You just always... No, I know. I'm just saying you should be careful of something being labelled. But, but There's the, no hope. The, no, no. <laughs> we're There's all no doomed. But the food industry realised that we all were kind of coming around to the idea that dark chocolate was better for us. Mm. So they started to make dark chocolate more palatable, but in doing so made it less healthy, less antioxidants. Or they've labelled things dark chocolate when they're not really dark chocolate. And you'll often see... Like your mum buys things that are like dark chocolate coated raspberries, which are... 90% some kind of glucose, fructose, syrupy, raspberry, something or other. Not when, even a raspberry. When they say dark, they yeah. just mean the, the colour. Yeah, yeah. No, and then, but then it'll be dipped in a 50% cocoa chocolate, which the end result of that is you might as well have eaten a, a Mars bar. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
It's like noon or not. Maybe that's bad, but there we go. The calendar's a lovely <laughs> idea and I do like 100% chocolate, but it's still not opened. <laughs> and it that is. was the funny thing because I was like, we're about a week in. And it's I was it's like, now oh. the 9th of December. <laughs> you know, it's like it's the only time of year I'll, I'll eat white chocolate at like bit before 7 a.m. in the morning. Uh, it's the only time of the year where it's probably acceptable. Otherwise, I think you would do it every day. I need, I need a year. If there was no negative consequence. I need, a, need an annual <laughs> yeah. advent if, calendar. Be honest, if there was no negative consequence to it, you'd eat it. No, but the reality is... At breakfast, wouldn't you? In terms of, uh, what? how small is it? Well, yeah. You know, portion size. If I mean, let's assume I was having no other chocolate that day or whatever else. That tiny little bit of chocolate is fine, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. You know, whatever time of day, really. As a little side to a nutritious breakfast. Exactly. Maybe. It's yeah. almost like a little mini dessert in yeah. the morning. <laughs> or a little starter. Just a little bit. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, I do often have it before. Yeah. It's just there because just the advent calendar catches my eye. I'm like, mm, I haven't had today's one yet. It's like, oh, it's half five in the morning. Mine's, got, mine's got cobwebs on it. <laughs> yeah, but that was funny thing. Cause I, we were a week in and I was like, uh, Keris, you're not doing your advent calendar this year. And I hadn't actually realised the situation at this point. And she was <laughs> How like, serious well, it was. She was like, well, can you blame me? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I looked, saw 100%. I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. So I've now felt an obligation each day to offer a little bit of mine. Yeah, which is very sweet. I know. but I'm, I couldn't deprive you, though, if I'm honest. The guilt. Yeah, but you do. You call me a bluff. <laughs> you know, you know the, these situations. Oh, do you want some? You know, it's, you're not meant to say yes. <laughs> I said yes once and I had your blood sugars in mind. It was actually, I was doing a good deed oh, for the shut day. Up. That's like when I used to eat my mum's Weight Watchers desserts and say like, oh, well, if I eat them, it means you can't, so you'll lose more weight. <laughs> your best story about nicking your mum's chocolates or desserts and stuff was a story oh, about, we both have a very similar story, don't we? When you were a little kid and all the Christmas chocolates came in, and you blatantly like eat all the best ones first. So anything with like a, a hazelnut in the middle, anything caramel based, all the quality streets, all of it went, didn't it? And then you get desperate because you were so used to having chocolate well, all the just, time. Well, I just used to nick whatever chocolate I could find. Yeah, <laughs> same. And, then, and we were just like, we both vividly remember the day we came across liqueurs. Oh, that was grim. <laughs> How bad it was. That was grim. <laughs> Mine was Campari. I don't know what the hell mine was, was like but about eight. I remember finding this like proper fancy looking box of chocolates and I was like, cool, yeah. I opened them up full. I'm like, mate, shot gold. Gosh, took it out of the wrapper, wallet, crunched into it. And I was just like, Aah. and this time it was all running down my chin. <laughs> what on earth have I just eaten? Just spat it out. Well, then go back in the cupboard. I ain't touching them again. I think I did, and mine was a Campari one. And the first thing I did after realizing it was horrific, like, oh, fuck, what's that? I didn't swear, obviously, I was only eight. I was then going off from my brother one. Yeah, <laughs> like, Chinese. Chinese. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> it's my little brother as well. Did he fall he for it? He was six. Poor little bugger. <laughs> I'm drunk. He did. It was chocolate. We don't, anything. Anything chocolate. So still, we learn our lesson. <laughs> but both of us... Ne- I've never touched now, a liqueur we never, since. No, no, neither of us do we? That was one of the things we, we bonded over. Yeah. <laughs> our hatred of liqueurs. Well, do we, do we bond over it? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was a shared love. In, in Hotel Chocolat, when you go in and they offer you... I mean, most people only go in there because you get offered a free chocolate most of the time. Yeah, especially this And then time you have to like remortgage your house to pay for three boxes of chocolate because it's quite expensive. But understandably so, it's good quality chocolate. But 
whenever they come around and if it's a liqueur, we just look at each other, don't we? Do you want a champagne truffle? And we're like, no. Nope. Hell no. You can keep them. <laughs> yeah. Can't sell them, I know. That's why you're trying to... Anything white, trying biscuity, to get rid of them. caramel with nuts in. Yeah, one of them ones. <laughs> yeah. Eight minutes to anyway, chocolate. I know, Kerry's crying out loud. What is wrong with you? Sorry. You say I waffle. It was fest. It's all festive. It's all relevant. You've learned about chocolate. Well, yeah. And but the thing is, no one really cares because no one eats dark cho- 100% dark chocolate, so... They do, they, they do. Don't. Montezuma's is, is good. Montez- but again, you're probably having it for more of the... It's a I, nice, I think I'd find it's a it nice snack. <laughs> if, if I went without chocolate for like a solid year. Yeah, that's the thing. Then if I tried it, I'd probably be like, oh, this is quite nice. Once you go trash, you push. never go back. That's the hardest thing with chocolate, with confectionery generally. The minute but, you go back to like... Uh, a, you that know, doesn't like, rhyme though. I know. But once you go back to like a milk chocolate button, the dark chocolate doesn't doesn't do it again. But then you get toothache and like, like feel well, sick. Unless, of like, course, <laughs> you're a fit foodie yeah. and you strike a healthy balance, <laughs> which is what it's all about. Anyway, Keris, yeah, sorry. you waffling. What is, so it, what, is so. it, what are we talking about today? Well, Christmas. chocolate, apparently. Right. I could do a whole podcast <laughs> the on ins chocolate. And outs of chocolate. <laughs> Um, well, no, we, we actually were, yeah, we were talking about the advent calendars, weren't we? And Christmas apparel. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. This episode is going to go out probably, this probably will be the last episode that goes out before Crimbo, before Christmas. Um, so we thought we'd almost do like a bit of a, bit of a week in, a week in, a year in review type thing. Nutrition, training, lifestyle, fit of food, as a business. Do they still do that as a program on TV? I remember it being a program on TV when there was only like four channels and that's we all watched the same thing. And they, they always did, BBC, I think, always did like a, or Channel 4, a year in review. And I used to absolutely love it. It was on like the eve of New Year's Eve or something. And you just sit there the whole time with, with your family just going, did that happen this year? Did that oh, really yeah, happen this right. year? Yeah. They almost do like a... Oh, it's almost like a countdown of like the year's top like uh, and it's not just the, stories. Yeah, not like, like yeah, all the news. Yeah, so stuff. there'll be like yeah. natural disasters, like everything, and you just you can't even you almost couldn't compute that it all happened in that one year. You're like, Gosh, yeah, blimey. So well, it's funny because you're obsessed with George Michael again at the minute. I am because I Kerry's always been a big fan, and I kind of like purchased a load of George Michael inspired <laughs> stuff for her, like for like birthday last year and. Whatever, and I got the autobiography, this didn't year. I? Yeah, but I was just thinking, wasn't it last last one? I got you the Choose Life T-shirt. It was last oh, year, you wasn't did, it? Yeah, you did. But this year, I got her like some CDs for her car. She inherited her granddad's car, so it's still old school. Nowhere to plug her iPhone into or anything like that. So it's all it's all just straight CDs and the autobiography biography. And you've been telling me like the ins and outs of Wham and. George Michael, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Most importantly, showing you the dance routines on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 when I was just, I was thinking, why the hell am I talking about this? I've completely lost my train of thought. But then it was, I didn't realise that he died on Christmas Day, didn't he? Yeah, well, in, wasn't in, it Christmas Eve? I think or, was it. I can't but, remember. But yeah, but we announced on Christmas Day. Yeah. But that was two years ago, and, yeah. and already I'm like, no way. Where's that gone? Yeah, and, crazy. And, and that's probably been, you know, if we are talking about the year in review, my. Honestly, for me, this year has by far gone the quickest. Of all the years. Of all the years. And I, but I, I do honestly feel like, you know, like the last few years have been that way. Yeah. Like in terms of like each year just feels like it gets quicker and quicker and quicker, even though, you know, time is what it is. Yeah. Although I've got my theories about time, but that's but another episode. I, we, <laughs> I think, yeah, but I, th- I think one of the reasons it goes so quickly is because 
we're so kind of occupied all the time. As in, we're busy. No, busy. no, not just busy. I always remember when I worked in the in QuickSave on a checkout. You never wanted to work Sunday because it was the longest day. Because it was a, yeah, hardly people didn't shop on a Sunday years ago when I was working in the supermarket. Whereas if you worked on a Saturday, it flew by. So everyone wanted a Saturday. So busy. Like, yeah, you'd never stop, and it would fly by, and it's five o'clock before you know it. And I think it, the problem is now we're never bored. We're never in a queue. We're never. We don't even know how to to, to not be occupied, like not to occupy our minds, mm. because straight away, as soon as we have any opportunity to not be working talking or you know eating we go on our phone and we we occupy ourselves so we we read something mm. or we watch a film or we, so so i think the reason everyone thinks like it's going so fast is because of that really because there's never a moment in your day that you know there's always something yeah. to do there's, there's always there's always something to fill a gap yeah. isn't there like, yeah because yeah. not doing anything is it slows everything yeah. down and it's and it's to some people it's very boring and, you know, this is where kind of mindfulness comes from and this habit of like, just be in the moment, just be present, just people watch. People now struggle to do that kind of stuff because you can almost feel like the eyes start darting everywhere. Like, yeah, mm. but, you know, seriously, give me something to to do. Like, you know, I need, I need to, you know, whether it be a little dopamine hit by going on social media or, yeah. you know, like gossipy website or buying something on Amazon. Like I need, I need something like that to, you know, occupy my brain, yeah. not, not just... People watching, which is you know something. It's, that it's crazy, we used to isn't do it? For how, ages, yeah. But it's weird because obviously before we, you didn't have a choice because you know you didn't have a mobile, there, you yeah, didn't yeah. have like internet, you, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. There, there was no alternative. And God, like I, I find myself sometimes, and, and this is completely mindlessly as well. Like I'm not even consciously making the decision to. Like you know, you go to prep, like, and there you make your order, and then you walk down to the end and. You, you collect your coffee. You've at the already end. got your phone out before you've even and, got it. Yeah, and I've already got my phone out because I, I can't possibly just stand here and do nothing yeah, yeah, for yeah. like all three minutes that it's going to take to yeah, receive yeah. my coffee. And I've got my phone out in my hand and, and I'm just scrolling mindlessly. I'm not. You're the same about you brush your teeth and you get your phone out when you brush your teeth. And, and you're like, yeah, I've told you off for that yeah, because it's like, that's bad. it means that you start and end your day looking at your phone essentially. Yeah, but do you know, do you know what? That, when I'm doing that, I mean, it is bad, but like normally when I'm doing that, I'm like on email. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, right. And I quickly have a glance through and I delete trash. Yeah. And I look at the emails of what, and I prioritize what my kind of like, my first point of calls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's so, funny because if something annoys you that you see, you start effing and jeffing with, with a toothbrush in my mouth. And I'll be like, spit the toothpaste out and tell me what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it is a, yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, the screen time that we've been, we both you and I have been checking our screen time on the settings of the phone mm. to say, like, let's try to reduce it and try to be a bit more kind of like, yeah. okay, this is our allotted time to be. I mean, it's difficult because you run an online business and I check mine. My yeah. biggest usage on my phone was email. So that's what I'm kind of on there the most. And that's my, my bad habit is to get my phone out, open up email and just start working on it there. And then, whereas it needs to be that, you know, you kind of, you, this is like a lot of times across your day. Otherwise there's no stop to it. There's no, no stop to the, no. the amount of communication we can have with people. And it's the same. I'll sometimes go in and catch up on my nemesis is WhatsApp by far in the Dang. millions of conversation groups that I'm in where I'm just like, I love all of you in here, but I just, 
don't want to talk just, to you all the time. Just relentless. Yeah, and some of them are like able to talk all the time. And I, and I think, so I'll go in and I'll, I'll update, you know, uh, as in I'll catch up on WhatsApp and reply to a few messages and then more come in and same for email. And you could literally just be like, I could be on this thing all day and I wouldn't mm. even touch the sides. Like it's... But, but you know, like, I suppose if we are talking about like a, a year in review, if you like. Yeah. Like a big thing that I've... And this has only really happened towards the end of the year. Is started to to worry less about what other people are up to, i.e., you know, feeling an obligation to to do what other people are doing. If that makes sense, and yeah. I mean specifically nice. more on social media, mm. in that you, you kind of look at people in business generally in our industry, and you're like, oh, they're doing loads of videos. We must do loads of videos. But then you look at others who are like, oh, they don't do any videos, but they're doing loads of emails. Yeah. And then you look at others who are like, oh, they don't do emails. They just do a lot of. They're just very proactive on Facebook. Yeah, and then yeah. others that are like, almost never post on Instagram, but are always on Instagram stories. Yeah. And for a while, like I used to think, oh, you know, oh, that's what you need to do. Like if you want to, you know, if you want to have a, a presence in the online world, you you know, you've got to be doing loads of videos. Oh, no, you've got to do loads of Insta stories. Oh, it's, you know, do more email. And then you're like, ah, like, <laughs> I honestly can't spend my life writing emails, doing videos, it doing stories, do all, yeah, doing, yeah. tweeting about yeah, everything yeah. that happens throughout the day. And, and you start to like, like, I mean, I've had a few moments this year when I've been a bit like, I don't know that I'm cut out for this because I don't want to spend my life on social media. Yeah. I love social media. I love that it's allowed us to connect with so many people. But there's been a big part of me that's almost questioned what we're doing because, you know, you, you, I went through phases where I felt like this is what you have to do. Yeah. You have to live your life on social media to remain relevant almost yeah but also as a business to be able to yeah yeah like well and and, and, the thing and also is- increasingly to communicate with people because nobody you know if like we've said this before <laughs> if your phone rings everyone just stops and stares at it and goes yeah, we, what, we, we, what we, are you doing we, <laughs> watching sunday brunch this morning and <laughs> yeah. saying how like the, it was paloma faith was on with it and she was going oh yeah you know not that we have a talking about house phone and then said oh not that we have a house phone anymore and then tim lovejoy was like We've still got a house phone. Like no one ever uses it though. And he's like, every now and again it rings and everyone just turns and looks at it like oh, it's the set, yeah. It's the who same. is it? Because if the only way that you that people want to stay in touch or connect anymore is through WhatsApp and, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody else. You know, you kind of say your call and then everything gets too busy. So if it is only ever going to be through technology, like one of the reasons I, I've said to you, I want to delete WhatsApp off my phone, but so it's the way, it's the main way that I'll communicate with a lot of my friends and even family. Yeah. And I feel like if I was to withdraw from that, I'm not sure I'd ever be able to catch up with everyone in one go. Yeah, no, I just want to be able to catch up. Even, you know, that, am I placing extra Does pressure on myself? <laughs> yeah, where is she? She's she's in she's uh, loving missing out basically. <laughs> That's where I'd be. Lo- loving missing out. Yeah, I'd be. But in, would you? What's what would that be? Lo- Lomo? Is it Lomo? Lomo. 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 <laughs> yeah, don't know. You have to just think be, about that one. just be walking the dog mindfully in the moment. No, you just wouldn't. bored. Like <laughs> life's going so slowly. Gosh, imagine. So yeah, I think uh, what are, what I can't remember what point we were talking about. Then what were we talking what about? Were you you were about- just saying about. You know, that not, not level of communication. But I think this is true for anybody on social media, whether if you're, say, like a, a parent and a new parent, so you've just had kids, it's exactly the same thing where there's all this kind of information and people posting about what they're doing that adds an element of pressure 
to you. So, you know, as a new parent, there'd be everything from breastfeeding to trying to learn weaning to try and learn whether, you know, what vaccinations you should have to, you know, how you should discipline your child. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. the the difference in, uh, we're not even parents. I've just heard feedback from friends about how much conflicting information comes at them and how much they start to feel under pressure. And same thing if you're ill and you're, um, you've got some symptoms and, you know, you start to see maybe you have a, you know, health, health um, issue, be it cancer, be it an autoimmune condition, and you start to be in some groups who talk about that and they're all going to start to say, well, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And suddenly it's like, well, I can't do it all. You know, I'm trying, mm-hmm. but I find it really hard. And and I think a big takeaway from me reading my favourite book at the moment, George Michael, is he was such a kind of big believer in like, what is your gut feeling on it? And like doing what you feel is right for you at that time and what yeah. you're capable of. And it's not always... He talks about a lot of the time they, I can't even imagine what this must be like, but thrown on a world tour that was just so relentless in terms of night after night after night. And I said to you, like, we look at celebrities and think, oh, it must be amazing. But imagine giving the same presentation like 25 times, night after night after night. Doesn't matter how much your audience says you're amazing. That's going to get boring really quickly. And I know it sounds like awful to say that, but it must be like that being a pop star and just doing the same performance over and over again, or even theatre, like eventually. I've always thought that with theatre, actually, because I, I used to train a, well, when we were based in Covent Garden, I used to train quite a few of the theatre actors. Yeah. And that was the question I used to say to them, like, do you not get bored doing like, the <laughs> You don't want to say bored, but it's almost like they're not challenged anymore. It's, no, it's but, so the coast in there. But their answers, like a lot of them were like... Um, Oh, like they're like, oh no! Like it all goes so quickly. Oh, really? Like once you're in the moment and 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 whatnot, and and they say even though it's the same thing each night, it feels different yeah. because like the audience respond in a different way. Oh yeah, and, I suppose so. And and you know you could if you sense that they're like you know responding better to certain lines and stuff. Like yeah, there's yeah. a bit of like impromptu. I like interaction with the audience. Yeah, yeah type yeah. thing. And, and and I was like, oh, okay, well that's interesting, but. But yeah, I suppose I suppose at the end of the day, it's the same with with everything, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, that, but yeah, I think it's the the social media has brought this added element. I think of, like I said, just just kind of pressure that everyone's placing on themselves. And I think it's not that you have to close yourself off, but you have to have confidence in in what you're doing and that it's right for you. And it's very powerful to be in those environments and not be influenced by them, hmm. but more to influence them. That's hmm something that I think is is better to do. So if you don't want to do all of this social media and email in one go, then do what you want to do, which is like, oh, I've got a thing, I've got an email in my, you know, I want to write out that, you know, I feel really passionate about, oh, I've got this video, but don't do anything for the sake of doing it. Like, because it is just keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it, yeah. in that sense? And it becomes very, uh, there's no formula to it either. I think the more formulaic we try and be when it comes to, sorry, like your social media to run a business or your health, <laughs> the worse it gets. You know, like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work in that way. The but, body but what, doesn't work in that way and the mind doesn't work in that way. What's bizarre is like, you know, you know, you always hear people say, oh, you know, you've got to be yourself, you've got to be yourself. And, you know, and, and you, you do have to be yourself, 100%. But then people are like, yeah, yeah, be yourself. But then from like a, from a social media point of view, like in terms of like business and whatever and building a platform, you know, to generate income if that's what you, if that's what you do. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, but you need to follow this. Like, you have to be doing this. You have to be doing that. It's like, well, hang on a minute. One minute you're saying be yourself. Next minute you're saying, like, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, but myself does not want to. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it's like, um, 
you know, some friends of ours who are in the industry of, you know, some are copywriters, some are like mentors as such are like, you know, focus on your strengths, you know, and like a friend of ours who was a copywriter, a very good one and, and made a very successful career out of it, hates being on video, absolutely hates it. Yeah, he's an incredible writer. Yeah. And he now makes a living writing copy for other people. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, well, why would I do video? Because someone's told me I need to be on video because of Facebook's algorithm and whatnot when I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing about it appeals to me and and it will show. People will see it. And in the same way that I'm the opposite, I, I don't really like writing. I much prefer doing video. Yeah. I find that I get my points across better on video. I feel quite comfortable on video, et cetera, et cetera. And that actually reminds me of a podcast I listened to recently with the um, the Black Farmer, who <laughs> is terrible, but I can't actually remember his real name. Um, <laughs> but I have, have been a huge fan of his sausages his sausages <laughs> for a while now and, and if you don't know like um, i mean his sausages are in most supermarkets now and he's called the black farmer because he is a black farmer a black farmer and if i'm not mistaken he's the only black farmer in the uk maybe even europe i can't remember no it's pretty well at least the uk at right. the very least oh. <laughs> so that's why he's called that anyway he said something and i told you didn't i and i yeah. was like gosh it's so true because he was talking about you know what gave him the courage to buy his own plot of land, start his own farm, sell his own sausages, etc. And And he was the first guy to to actually do a decent sausage, wasn't he? As yeah, like, well he was big mainly, on like, you know, like yeah, like minimal English. additives, gluten free, what yeah. he wanted, etc. etc. And And it's like more more meat than Yeah, yeah. like they're, they're good sausages, man. Really good. Um <laughs> but he spoke about the difference between wanting to belong and wanting to be. And I was like, gosh, like, it's so true. And he said how a lot of people nowadays, they're more focused on belonging, that they don't be who they want to be or who they really are because they just, they'd rather feel accepted than be themselves. And I thought, blimey, if that's not today's social media in a nutshell, then then I don't know what is. And he gave the example of, um, he said, like, let's use a a young gay boy who is gay. He knows he's gay, but he also knows that or thinks he knows that his parents won't approve. You know, like his, his circle of friends won't approve. And by choosing to not tell them to almost belong, rather than being who he actually is and risking upsetting his parents, risking upsetting his friends. You know, he'd rather belong than be who he really is. And obviously that's just an example. But I just thought, gosh, like that to me is so powerful because I think I think we almost it's almost in our nature to want to belong, to yeah, want to yeah. like feel like we're part of something. Absolutely. And think about being at school. You know, exactly. you, you wanted to fit in and yeah. you often molded yourselves and it's like the way that you dress, the way that you behave, the things that you were interested in. You wanted to be good at sports because that mm. made you popular instantly. Yeah. And I think it just goes on from there. And then the more that you don't belong somewhere or you're surrounded by people where you struggle to fit in, the worse your health becomes. And that's both you and I really identified when you told me this this kind of statement. I instantly did a little video on Facebook and said, gosh, like, especially when you enter the health and fitness industry, you spend your life trying to belong. You think if you're if you're fitter, if you're stronger, if you yeah. look, you know, 
more, you know, leaner and get a six pack, then you'll finally belong and you'll get that kind yeah. of, you know, that status of, you know, whereas if you actually... It's like that's the prerequisite to the yeah, industry. Basically, yeah. And same thing from, you know, kind of in, in some ways I look at a lot of nutritionists and nutritional therapists and I've just see these Instagram feeds where you, like they're beautiful, don't get me wrong, beautiful food pictures. But equally, it's like, I can't identify, differentiate one from another. Like, mm. how are you, who are you, who are you? Yeah, they all look the same. Sometimes I can't even see a person on there. And I'm like, I want to see a person. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a people person. I want to see the person. And I want to see something about you that that's, how do I know who you are and, mm. and why you're different? Yes, you belong here. That's that's fine. But I think it was a, a really powerful thing that you said. But also from someone, when I work with clients doing nutritional therapy, if I ever see someone fighting to belong, it's what we might call like a, it could either be like a, a disease trigger or mm. a, an antecedent, a disease kind of, it predisposes someone to, you know, some health issues further down the line. And if, if someone even in a relationship, if you're trying to belong into in a relationship, think about yeah. your partner, both you and I have talked about being in relationships where there was like a, you know, didn't we didn't feel like we were valued or, you know, possibly we're going to be dumped at any minute mm. worst state you could possibly be in if you if you really don't think somebody worships the ground you walk on which well, you yeah. know you can do it like we, we both have that mutual love and respect for each other but imagine if, if you don't i think it does become <laughs> well, i suppose it's like imagine like uh you know when i was um pursuing you you know and i just happened to overhear you saying how i don't know you prefer guys with black hair and <laughs> you, you know like massive a ponytail. Ma- massive calves <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say then <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah oh, oh. Um, the best thing would be if I said like a ponytail or cornrows or something and then you makes you know I come in morning you rock up with the morning cor- morning <laughs> cornrows <laughs> and then uh, walking straight over to the car phrase machine yeah yeah um, but but even though like because I'd be doing it because I'm like oh you know if I can I, I'm mold myself and I know this. that Keris likes that yeah. if I could do that then blah 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 but you know that's a silly example I know but the reality is that might be fun and games at first but Further down the line, it's going to be, well, I'm not being myself here. Yeah, yeah. I hate my hair dyed black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Car phrase machine burns like hell. Cornrows. And the, <laughs> the cornrows have just got to go. Um, but, but, but you know, like I think it's true. Please, I th- I please have cornrows. Oh, just my once. God. Can you imagine? Just for, just for lols. Yeah. For proper lols. But it's also, I think, it's... Even Beckham couldn't pull them off, no, so there's no hope for me. True. Like, finding your identity is, is, is part of it's part of your kind of health journey, isn't it? And your health mm. health kind of, it's, it's part of your life journey as well. But then also trusting that that identity is enough and is is something that's going to draw people to you, which is what you don't. Sometimes you don't dare to be different. Although I know mm. there's also ways that this can be done in that we see a lot of people being different on purpose to belong, if that makes sense. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> so some people do it to try hard, you know, because they're like, well, if I'm yeah, really but, different, then this will draw attention but, but to but me. But I almost feel like a lot of people, you can see right through it. I think I can. I mean, I've, I'm quite an observational person and I think sometimes I'm like, no, like you're trying too hard. That's not you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas yeah. some people it's like, like look at Will Ferrell, for example, as an actor, he's hilarious but you could almost tell by watching him that you're like, I bet he's like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you listen to any interview of anyone who's done a film with Will Ferrell and yeah. they're like 
sometimes it's hard to do films with him because he just has everyone in stitches. Yeah. We actually can't get the, the, the scene because done. That's been said about people like Jim Carrey. And, yeah, um, just naturally funny, yeah. naturally a little bit Even crazy. Russell Brand as well is yeah. very similar. Very well, similar. Russell Brand's a great example because, blimey, if he, he's a very eccentric character. He, you know, he's very much himself from a... Look at how he dresses and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. You know, he's he and and, abs- and fair play to him and fair enough. Some people hate him, some people love him, but you know, and he's been on his own journey of all sorts over the years. But I think he's very much being now rather than belonging. Yeah, you know, and I think we, you know, went through a a, a phase, I guess, of trying to belong to a degree. I've always felt we've kept it quite real. You know, if you look at our Instagram, our Facebook page, like you'll you'll see, you know, like a lot of the pictures are they're not that glam. Well, when we launched, I, I didn't even want to be on Instagram. As in like when we we actually started on Facebook before Facebook was a business. And all we were doing on Facebook was essentially putting up recipes of a of, of food that we were cooking. Putting to up <laughs> awful, awful pictures. Awful of recipe food. pictures. And saying this is how we eat because we're 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 two personal trainers. We, we want to eat well. We want to fuel ourselves. Here's my dinner. Yeah, basically. And and I know everyone started doing that, and but it was a big platform for our book eventually because people said, can you put these together in a book? And what you're saying is we basically invented Instagram. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> so I'm saying that's how we interpreted Facebook and we were, there was no guide. We just did it. We just And we had no fear. Like, I don't even know where we got. Sometimes I don't know where we get the courage to do. I know. As, it's, as it's evolved. As it's become a thing, social media, you get more you get more risk averse, don't you? You're yeah. more like, oh gosh, what's everyone going to say? Whereas at first we were like, I don't even know. And then suddenly Didn't it's like, twice. but the other thing is then all, all your school friends join and then your university friends and then your family join. And so I think then you also get a bit more aware that people are watching and you're like, oh, I need to think a bit more about what I do here. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> what I was going to say was then Instagram came along and I had this instant reaction of like, I had a little look on it and I was like, oh, this is just like the perfect world. I'm not getting involved in this. Like, it's just, this is not me. You know, I don't want to portray, I'm not going to portray my life this way. And I also not really that interested in looking at anybody else's highlight reel Mm. either, but you kind of persisted with it and said, no, 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 it's another platform to communicate our principles. We need to be there and and educate. And every post I do, I want to give value. You know, I'm just going to put up, yeah. And the first thing you did was when I finally got my head around, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do some things on Instagram as well. Just, you know. Which you said, no filter, Karis. And I was like, but everyone filters. Like, everyone does nice pictures. And I'd look at other people's and I'd be like, everyone, like, these these are like professional photos that most people have got up here. And you were like, nope, no filter. Like, literally just put something up and, and done is better than perfect and get on with it and do it. And sometimes I look at our, our news feed, <clears throat> our Instagram feed, and I'm just like, gosh, <laughs> like, it just looks yeah, but I just, such a mishmash. But then I just think... But you got to stay true to yourself. I, I agree, you? I agree. But it's like, if you came around to our house, we don't look any different. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not, we're not, we're not polishing any, any, well, anything here. It? When we done our weekender, someone was come up to me and she was like, you guys look exactly the same. And it's like, well, yeah. You'd hope so. What, what would you expect in? Yeah. Like... You well, I, I've seen a lot of people that I followed in this industry who I valued and actually seen them in, in, in reality and thought, you don't look like a well person. And that's fine. There might be occasions when I turn up and I probably may, may not be a well yeah, person. Yeah. I might have caught a cold or something. But, so that's you like know, me before coffee every morning. <laughs> yeah. But I've looked at them and thought, but then don't put on your Instagram feed all mm. this kind of perfection because it's not fair on people that think that this is what your advice is going to get them. And I think we're very honest in that when we're sick, we post up, okay, I've got a cold, here's what I'm doing. You know, and like, I look like, yeah. I look rough, you know, and that's absolutely fine. And I think it is. 
Again, but, and I, I follow people more like that. I follow a lot of comedians on Instagram because yeah. they are very real and their videos, they're not made up. And it's very interesting you say this because in the in the gym this morning, I was sat there um, doing one of your workouts. Matt, you'll be pleased to know. So why was you sat there then? Because you always, you tell me to rest. You're, you're bigger on rest periods than I am. I'll you off. <laughs> and I, um, I don't sit down though, just saying. And I was, I was on, <laughs> I was on the lap pull down <laughs> machine. Um, and I was... On my last set and I looked and there was two women to the right of me who work at the gym. And then there's a woman on the left of me who was just getting on with her workout, who I assume doesn't work at the gym because I saw her in the changing rooms and we had a little chat and stuff. Yeah. And the one on the right of me had full face of makeup, false eyelashes, hair straightened. And this is very early on a Sunday morning and a beautiful outfit on. She she might have not gone home <laughs> the night before. True, true. <laughs> and again, I know it's it sounds like I'm I'm kind of making judgments here, but the exercise she was doing, she couldn't have looked more disinterested and had a phone out. So she was doing an exercise with her right hand and she was on her phone with no. her left. What's happened to no. her? Yeah, yeah. This, really? And this is someone who works at the gym. And then to the other side of me was a woman who was just in the free weights area and and I was doing a mixture of kind of free weights and machines and, and was just repping out her thing. And like, again, we were smiling at each other. You kind of smile when someone is just like doing doing their stuff, don't you? Have Give that kind a of, little nod. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I just thought it was really interesting. We watched- um, that fair play nod. <laughs> we were watching some old episodes of How I Met Your Mother and they all go to the gym, don't they? And, yeah, and oh, Robin, yeah. Robin wears awful gym kit, but proper gets there and sweats. No and, makeup. Yeah, and, and that's exactly, I have no makeup. I've never, I don't even know why people wear makeup to the gym, but, you know, again, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I get there and I sweat and I've normally like, you know, got odd, odd socks on. Usually I've trained in my gym, gym yeah, but a lot of leggings this... inside out because I'm like, I go there and I, I go there to to train for a reason. And Yeah, but but I'm sure the people that go there go there to train for a reason. And I, I'm like this sometimes, like when I look at people and I think, and sometimes you are like, why are you here? Yeah. You know, because you're doing naff all. You look too, you, oh, I almost felt like saying you look too beautiful to be here. Go, go, go into a, like a nice, like, I don't know, coffee shop today. Like, yeah. <laughs> and your makeup, it looks lovely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but what I'm trying to say is, is that like, this is a bit of a weird way to do like a year in review, but in a way it's all relevant because a lot of the things we're talking about here, like these have been like quite big realizations for, for, for us, for us yeah, this yeah. year. And I am now trying to be much more like when I see people, I'm almost a bit like, what's their story? Yeah. What's the what's yeah, the yeah. what's the what's going on behind the scenes here that that girl feels the need to come to the gym with a face full of makeup at, at six a.m. in the yeah, morning? Yeah. I know, I know. You know, and, you're absolutely and, right. Yeah. You know, and 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 there is a reason because I'm sure deep down she'd rather not bother with the faff, <laughs> yeah. knowing that she's going to then have a shower afterwards and then have to do it all again to go off to work or whatever it might be. But there'll be a reason there and there'll be like, be it a confidence issue, insecurity. For all we know though, it might be the opposite. They might just absolutely love pampering themselves and putting makeup on and looking a certain way yeah, and it gives them that confidence right. to go and do their thing. You know, and, and the reality is like, it's each to their own, right? But I've- I think I think what I find hard, I think when it's women, I always think like, I don't know, I suppose that when you're in the gym, like, you know, really, really do something for your body, like really do, you know, train and, and learn some skills. And, and, and to me, I suppose that was my, my inroad into a lot of confidence was to, to improve my skill set. Mm. So that when I get to the gym now, 
I don't really care what I look like. I care if I can actually do stuff. Like yeah. I care if I can actually manage. And and I'd, I've been off recently with like, a, I've had a bit of tonsillitis. So I've taken a break and I got back and I was like, oh, kind of curious, you know, what's my strength like now? And, and, and you know, it, you know, is it going to be where I left off in terms of like, I'll build myself back up because I'm trying to do a lot of exercises I can't do at the moment. Yeah. Because... <clears throat> we've always said this, do the things that you're not very good at and, and you do tend to build better strength. So I'm trying to do things like pull-ups and pistol squats, all, all like the nemesis stuff. So I got back and I was like, oh gosh, can I, can I do any of these things? And I suppose you're absolutely right in that I do very similarly, like you always think, what's their story? Why do they feel that need? But I also feel like, I suppose part of me felt like they're missing out. Hmm. Don't come to the gym just to, I don't know, to sit on your phone on a machine, like to, to come and learn some stuff because it's really cool and it will change your confidence and it yeah. will change how you feel about your body. But it is, again, like it is an each to their own thing as well because like one of my many attractions to you, Keris, <laughs> was I, I loved that you used to just come to the gym and do your thing. Like you weren't, you know, face full of makeup. <laughs> and like you spent more time- I used to wear football kit. <laughs> cho- cho- choosing your, your gym kit than you did actually working out. Like, <clears throat> and, and I like that. Like that to me is attractive. A girl with a face full of makeup that looks like she's about to have a photo shoot, I don't find it attractive, but that's me. It's my opinion and, 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 and that's that type thing. But I just feel like nowadays, like I just find it hilarious on social media when- there's people like, oh, I tried this super hardcore circuit to tone the glutes. And it's like, okay, you're not even sweating. You, you've had a poker face for every single rep. But again, some people find that aspirational and, and that's absolutely fine. And But I just feel that we're losing almost a sense of realness, yeah, if you like, yeah, yeah. in terms of what does a dinner really look like yeah, yeah. For, for, for people? <laughs> what do you really look like halfway through a gym a, session? A gym session? Yeah. And like someone put up the other day. Um, does after, does after, it really matter what you're wearing? No. no. Well, <laughs> the reality is, I'm telling you right now, no one gives a crap about what you're wearing in the gym because they're so bloody engrossed in themselves. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're oblivious. Yeah. Like, and maybe like we're a little bit more aware of it because you know, we just go in there and we do our thing and we do, we, you know, we've always said, haven't we, we quite like people watching. Yeah, so yeah. when you do have a moment, you have a little, little, little well, for It's and- like market research in a way. It's like an insight into what are people doing, you know, in terms of what is their perception of how to train. I've always found that fascinating. And, you know, a good 50% of the gym, I would say, you know, don't, don't know how to train. But I didn't, you know, prior to, to kind of becoming a personal trainer and meeting you, I didn't really know how to train. I wasn't, I was learning off a few classes and, and, and things. And I was doing so much stuff wrong and wasting my time and repeating things over and over again, like, you know, very much kind of cardio focused. And it was a big change for me, but equally it's a skill that's with you for life. And I said the same thing about yoga when I learned how to do some, some different yoga, mm. you know, like kind of yoga with some movement. It's a skill I've got for life and I, I will just do 20 minutes here and there and use it as a warm-up, as a cool down. And I think these are, movement is a, it's a, it's a basic need of the body and, and there's so many variations of it to learn that you should always keep challenging your body that way and learning a bit more. So when I see people arrive and just sit on a machine after machine, after machine, after machine, or bicep curls and it, what's really interesting is we watched um journey's end on netflix which is about the war and, and the trenches right and up, right uplifting uh, it was <laughs> it was yeah <laughs> but we were saying as we were watching it like imagine if this was the case now like god we 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 just do not i, I don't think 
he would be very well equipped to deal with that situation from a physical fitness point of view either. Yeah. Like, cause there was no bicep need for bicep curls at any point in what they, they, those men had to do in the war and what they had to undergo in terms of like, but also more so, I think from a, from a, a mentality yeah, perspective, yeah. I think nowadays, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know the, 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 the mental toughness is there. Yeah. Imagine have, gosh, heaven forbid, there was some kind of world war and they were like, it was like the old days where they didn't actually give you a choice. Yeah. It was like conscription. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, going, you're going, you know, and that's that. My good Lord. Can you imagine? <laughs> we said like the old days. <laughs> I know. Like the olden days. No, but you know, like yes. back in, you know, yeah, like yeah. my granddad's day and, yeah, yeah. and, and whatnot, where, you know, it was, and... it was, you actually start to do it. You know, it was, the, it was the way it was. And, and I just think, you know, I, I know, if, gosh, I know times are changing. There's no doubt about it, but, I do feel that, you know, and I come across this now still like with my personal training clients, like most clients that are above a certain age just seem to have this, this grit that some of the younger ones just don't quite have. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. almost, I don't know, I can't even, I can't even explain it. I'm not saying that obviously everyone below a certain age when crikey, I'm only 33 myself. Yeah. But they definitely um, have more de- delayed gratification. We talked about this the other day mm. and said like, both our grandparents and even our parents to a certain extent cannot understand this kind of like, I want it and I want it now that is very prominent in, in our generation mm. and, and younger generations, because that's, again, I don't know. It's just, just how the world changed. Whereas they waited and waited and, and well, I think, earned uh, money and saved yeah. money. And um, I think it's different now though, to because obviously now it's easier to generate an income, if you will, in that, I mean, if, if my granddad had an idea had an idea to start his own, uh, I don't know, clothing range, <laughs> you know, like for him to do that, like first flat, of all, flat caps and waistcoats, yeah, you know, like <laughs> proper like Peaky Blinders <laughs> yeah, job, yeah. um, you know, like he he'd need to send a letter by pigeon to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to a factory in wherever, yeah. <laughs> wait two months for yeah, the, yeah. for one to come back. No, but like yeah. everything took longer. Yeah, everything yeah. was like, you couldn't just go, oh, let's just Google clothes making factories yeah, or designers yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or blah, blah, blah. Like everything took longer. There was no internet. So it would, he would have only have had to have had a bricks and mortar shop. Yeah. You know, or door to door sales or something like that. I don't know. Like, yeah. whereas now there's so many more resources for people to start an online business, you know, start a clothing range, start a, an online personal training, fitness, nutrition, whatever, you know, similar to what we do. And I think because you are bombarded online of these mentors and gurus, whatever you want to call them, who promise you multiple six figures or seven figure businesses and, you know, join me and you know you, you you'll have six figures in a month and and all of that and is that impossible no it's probably not impossible is it the norm most definitely not the norm but people buy into this crap because they want it now and i think for us we've always said gosh i'm so grateful that i spent eight years on the gym floor as a personal trainer you know 11 years plus if you include my time as a fitness instructor I'm so pleased I had that. I had that interaction with people um, before the whole kind of like online thing started to take off because for me, it's been invaluable. And I think now though, people are trying to, they're leapfrogging that. They become a personal trainer to get the qualification and they go straight online. And it's like, how can you help people online when you you haven't even helped people in person? And I always think that our ability to help people online 
is down to the fact that we've, you know... Worked so much in person. Worked so much <laughs> yeah. in, in person and you learn so much oh, yeah, yeah. about different people, about different people's mindsets, how they work. Whereas, of course, online, you can't see that. You can't pick up on these little cues, these little behaviours that people will do that might tell you that, that maybe they're not quite being honest with you or maybe there's much more to what they're saying than they're letting on. And this is, this do you see also, what I mean? Yeah, this is also my kind of thing about there's a big push now which is quite quite right as well in terms of the nutrition industry and the personal training industry to get a little bit more kind of evidence-based in their approach Hmm. and that's that's 100 it's it's been needed because it's been over the last 20 years all sorts of tripers like hit the market and you know people are very easily influenced by so-called professionals so i think as much as this is important there's there's still an area of health that we can't be that evidence-based with. And it's why um, kind of alternative medicine and um, naturopathic medicine, Chinese medicine has never been considered evidence-based, even though there's now trials on things like acupuncture. And acupuncture was genuinely working on physiology. Like they were genuinely a lot of kind of theories about um, or treatments. And I'm not, I'm not trained in acupuncture, so I only know a small amount about it, was looking at kind of immune system function and and how we've got all these kind of hormones going around the body and we've got immune system chemicals. So the way that acupuncture could work, you know, it, they talk about something called chi, which is like your vital energy, but it mm. was actually looking at physiology in the body from their perspective. It just yeah. had a different language, different structure. And now there's studies on it it's showing where it worked and why it worked. So, right. so it's becoming more evidence-based, but there's an element to health where you just cannot account for an individual. And, and what we know is, we've said this before, how you think changes your physiology quite a lot, changes things like stress hormone output, changes your heart rate, changes your blood pressure, changes um, your immune system, like kind of inflammatory chemicals that get released and things that stress you don't necessarily stress Mm. me. And things that affect your physiology don't affect mine in the same way. And this can be looked at from a point of view of obviously kind of, you know, you have a big fear of being in a a small, in a kind of, you're a a bit claustrophobic. Mm. I'm not really in any way, you know. So there are certain ways that our health gets affected that we can't really account for in in evidence. Does that make sense? It's like, sometimes I think, how do we even do studies? Because there's just too many factors. There's so many variables. Yeah, yeah. And sleep deprivation can be actually, isn't great for most people, but some people can survive on four Mm. hours sleep for long periods of time and it doesn't affect them in the same way. So when we come up with these massive kind of estimates about how much sleep do we really need, it's hard. Mm. But when you've worked with the individual, like you've just said, and that's what we do a lot of, there's definitely some kind of big common ground that we can all say, well, let's aim for this common ground here. Let's all yeah. meet up on the, the, these principles yeah. and then then tinker it from there. And some of you are going to need less carbs and some of you are going to need more exercise. Some of you are going to need more sleep, you know, so then you, you tinker it. But I can't remember how I got onto the subject. Why did we, why did we get onto this? But yeah, anyway. Well, no, but you were talking about evidence-based and, yeah. and, 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 and the reality is you can't ignore evidence you know and let's assume that it's been based on a good study yeah you know it's not a biased study that's been funded by the company that wants to prove that their product is the best or or something like that you know let's assume it's a good study but i think the the biggest problem that i see is where people become very narrow-minded and i think the problem is when people just associate in their ways on one thing and you know some people went almost a bit too evidence-based if you will and 
but where's the evidence? But where's the evidence? <laughs> evidence, 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 evidence. Yeah, for yeah. like sometimes when you're like, but, but do you really need evidence for that? Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, you know, if I threw a coconut in your face, it's probably going to hurt. <laughs> but th- is there a study that proves that being hit in the face with a coconut hurts? Like, yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just there's, there's a lot of new research coming through about things like having a dog and um, <laughs> vitamin G, which is vitamin green, being out in nature. Yeah. Did, did we need a study? Amazing as they are, and I present them when we go out because I'm like, it's like people are sat there going, well, where's the evidence that this is going to help with heart disease? Yeah. It is there. Like people with, with dogs have, you know, almost like better life expectancy because well, they look, walk look, for a start. Look at the blue they, zones. Yeah. You know, like a lot of them, you know, spend a lot of time outdoors. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. walk a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, there, there's things there that, yeah, and don't get me wrong, some, you know, there are things that, that evidence backs that up as well. But like you said, sometimes it's about like, did you really need a study to yeah, tell you that? Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I when I sleep more, I feel better. Yeah, yeah. Funny that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. when when I when I eat better, and by better I mean like a, a more nutrient dense diet. Yeah. I feel better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, you know, like yeah, there's studies to to prove certain things, but I just think some we we've almost lost the ability to kind of like trust our own decision making if you will and 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 i think some people came became so obsessed with evidence and for me i just think if you can just maintain an open mind so don't write off chinese medicine and herbs and and all of that kind of stuff don't just write I it i want off. to study herbal medicine now you, you know this i keep I know, annoying I you with this but one I'm, day i'm going to study herbal medicine pay, pay the mortgage first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but also I think, just, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, you know, And just, also, how do you explain placebo, which is all about placebo? So much about that is is when the client believes that the practitioner really cares about them, the outcomes are always yeah. greater in, in various different... And, and there's loads of incidents where I've had people come to me and say, well, I went to this person and uh, this doctor, this GP, this nutritional therapist, this personal trainer, and they gave me this plan and they said this and they said this, but, you know, if I'm honest, they didn't seem like they cared that much or they were a little bit kind of, you know, kind of arrogant in their manner, whatever it might be. And I look at the plan and, it, and it's good. And mm. I'm like, no, no, it was good. They were on the right track. But the delivery of it yeah. was wrong. And that therefore that affects their compliance. They don't want to do it or they doubt that it's going to work. So they get, they get a bit of nocebo going on. So it wouldn't work anyway because they didn't like the way that it was delivered. Mm. And it's really interesting how that would have changed their physiology again. And, and there is evidence to suggest that this is the case, but that will change their their physiological response to that treatment suggestion. So, yeah. and, and like I said, they may not even do it in the first place. So I think that's important. But another thing that I think I, think I see a lot of, debating that goes on in 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 either nutritional therapy or in fitness and apparently this happens in every single i think any career that you have there's kind of like conflict between mm. different kind of groups within that you know within whatever career you're talking about many people tell me osteopaths and chiropractors don't like each other oh wow uh, someone told me the other day hr and accounts never like each other and i was like oh this is really interesting isn't it or, yeah. evidence-based and naturopaths don't like yeah. each other so uh, yeah and there is a, i think with with naturopathy it's always been that kind of it's traditional medicine it doesn't it doesn't always think that it needs evidence to prove it because it often associates evidence with financial backing and therefore that's mm. going to come from some kind of big pharma big food that that kind of thing as well so there's and then with the evidence-based side of things they're very quick to to say like you've just said to kind of rubbish well if there's no science or randomized controlled trial to back this up then we're not we're not on board with it whereas i think all of it like you can take something from all of it that that's my takeaway having had a little 
you know, a foot in all of those different kind of camps at one time. I'm like, there's so much I can take here from naturopathic medicine. There's so much I can take from learning about evidence-based, you know, nutrition and studies. There's so much I can take from a chiropractor and an osteopath. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not, not going to go there with all that. But there's bits that I will take from all of it. And then I'll, as we just said at the very beginning of this podcast, I will compile my own approach and I will own my own approach mm. to all of this. That's been a big important thing for me was stop yeah. trying to, decide yeah. who's right who's right who should i follow who should yeah. I, who should i belong to i'm just trying to be the best practitioner and run the best company with you that, that i possibly can based on all of the information that i accumulate but the other side we talked about this this very morning was there's a lot of focus on things like food choices and calorie intake at the moment going on in terms of because for a long time people said well calories don't matter it's it's like your hormonal response to food or it's because you eat too many carbs you know take out the carbs it doesn't matter how many calories you have you can mm. lose weight whereas we kind of know energy in equals energy out and but it it gets more complicated what do you than mean that. energy in equals energy out doesn't make any sense as an energy balance, sorry, calories oh. in, as in right. to get energy balance, sorry, is that equation of calories in, calories out, calories expended. Yeah. 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 And, but it, but it does get more complicated that because we said, why can't somebody manage that? Why can't people yeah. control that? And that is very strongly related to things like your, your mindset, your mental health, your lifestyle, your stress levels, yeah. uh, your food choices. So we know if you go for the more high palatable stuff, you seem to, everyone, people seem to gain weight quicker. History of dieting, I've even seen some studies there saying history of dieting means that your body seems to prefer adding fat back on when you do gain the weight back. You know, if you've, if you've been up and down, up and down, up and down, that, that it will preferentially gain fat over muscle. Again, I'd say that depends totally on whether you're training, like how you're training and, and protein intake and those kind of yeah. things, sleep as well. Um, well, the list goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. So there's that. But, but what, what we said this morning was, it's all very well saying this stuff, but why not actually start to develop tools to help people, which is again, what we've been trying to do for, for years. It's like, well, how, how can we help people do this and do it intuitively without it being a full-time job on some kind of macronutrient calculator where they're tapping everything yeah. in? Cause we never used to do that. No. But yeah. then, <laughs> so it's thumper. <laughs> that was Hamish just doing a little bit of a thumper. Just trying to kick Karis in the head. <laughs> but we never used to this, but then we didn't used to have the same degree of food availability. And, no, no. And, 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 and palatable foods. And I, I think, you know, we, we most definitely do need to have an awareness of calories. Like, and, and you know, the weight gain, weight loss equation, you know, is very simple in that sense. You know, if your calories in are greater than calories out, you will gain weight. We know that. And if the calories in are less than calories out, then you'll lose weight. Cool. How do we achieve that? Because I can assure you that most people are aware of that. It wouldn't come as a shock to them, you know, as ignorant as they might want to pretend to be. Like, but it's like I said, you know, like the example I give is like, if I say to someone, did, you know, who's, who's severely in debt and say, do you know the reason you're in debt is because you spend more money than you have? They'll be like, well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Yeah. And then part of you might be like, well, if you know that, why do you continue to do it? Yeah, yeah. But we live in a world where, you know, things are expensive we want to belong, so we buy a fancy car we can't really yeah, afford, yeah, yeah. or we buy clothing to make us like be seen as successful yeah, when yeah. we really can't afford them, or whatever it may be. Whatever the reason, choice is yours. But the reality is, is yes, that statement is true. But okay, now how can we action it so that you can actually start to 
spend a little bit less money, yeah. pay off the debt and yeah. get yourself back into the black. You know, and the same goes for, for fat loss. You know, the reason you're overweight is because you eat too much. It's really that simple. How do we get you to consume less? How do we get you to expend more? But how do we do it in a way that actually does work for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and for, from the savings perspective, you know, how much you earn and where you live and all of that kind of stuff will factor into how quickly you could pay debt off. How yeah, much yeah. debt are you in? You know, same with weight loss. How much weight do you need to lose? Yeah. What's realistic for you? What have you tried before and failed? Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's the end goal is the same. Yeah. But working with the individual and working out what the best route to go down, that's yeah. when when we come into it, so to and speak. That, and that bigger picture of kind of like, <laughs> it's just probably like you just said, is you're spending too much money because you want to belong. And it's probably the same with the body composition side of things. You might be under-egging it or over-egging it because you mm. want to belong. So you might even be doing too much the other way. You're losing too much weight. Yeah. You're chasing the six-pack too much because you want to belong. Or you might be almost neglecting it because, again, same thing, because you're just in a relationship that doesn't support that kind of change yeah. or hanging out with friends where it's not supported or, you know, you want to go out drinking, those kind of things. So... You have to look at the big, big kind of root causes or drivers that mean that you're never going to get out of this situation if you're not careful. Mm. So what are the takeaways from this yeah. year in review, it Matt? It wasn't really a week in, a year, <laughs> a year in review in the end, was it? But I think all that stuff is is relevant, though, because I just think, you know... It, give, it, give us a summary then. So takeaways from, from this would be, first of all, if you're going to buy 100% dark chocolate, Check that it's not been processed with alcohol. Yeah, or just don't buy 100% dark chocolate. And, and you've you got nothing to worry about and you'll enjoy it. Then you had your amazing quote about belong. Yeah. Don't yeah, belong. You know, be. Yeah. Don't just belong. You know, and, and, and this is very relevant to us because we've had some massive breakthroughs this year when off the back of, you know, not trying to be like, oh, poor me, poor us. But we we've had some really low moments this year, haven't we? Where we've we've genuinely doubted ourselves, and yeah. and you know, I for one, I'd say my confidence has probably been at the lowest it's ever been. In in not in me as such, do you know what I mean? But more so my ability to to help people, my ability to run a business, my ability to you know, and I know I know you always reassure me, but my ability to be a good partner to you and to make you feel like you're looked after. I've not felt I've done a very good job of that this year. And part, you know, I'm I'm to blame for that. What I mean is actually I'll tell you what, we should probably do a whole podcast on this. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. You could probably do a whole one on confidence. Confidence. And relationship with yourself. Be- believing. Yeah. Self belief. <laughs> um yeah, okay. Maybe we'll do that. It's, it's a big factor of health, isn't it? If you, oh, it's a huge factor of yeah, health. Yeah. And, and and to be fair, like I I'd probably say my health has been affected somewhat this year because of it. Yeah, yeah. But okay then. We'll do that in a in a podcast in itself then. So yeah. so we've got um don't eat dark hundred percent dark chocolate. <laughs> White chocolate for breakfast yeah. is okay, yeah. as long as it's only a little bit. And it's the start, you have it before the meal. Before Bill. Yeah. Uh, before, before Bill. <laughs> Who's he? Before breakfast. I, was gonna say, I didn't know if say meal or breakfast, so it's Bill. It doesn't count if it's before breakfast. But yeah, but then, like I say, focus on being, not belonging. And, you know, I think a big breakthrough for me would be that you, you do deserve to be happy in your life. And what makes you happy is obviously down to you yeah. at the end of the day not up to anybody else 
it's it's completely down to you. I can't and I can't remember the other forty minutes of, of stuff we talked about, but I no. think what I would say is if you're out there and you're really kind of looking for health information and inspiration, someone that you want to trust. What I would say is kind of look for someone who's not using filters. Yeah. <laughs> what do you actually yeah. look like? Yeah. No, but I think or, I think find. I've only ever seen pictures of your abs. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say find people who keep it real, and like you can see the real person there. You can feel, you can see the trip ups. You can see the the two steps back as well as the two steps forward. These are people that I follow and I'm inspired by. And I have to say a lot of them are outside of the health industry. Mm. I do find a lot of kind of, as just mentioned, comedians, writers, singers, people from the past, I read biographies and stuff. That's where I find inspiration from. How do people get get out of these situations? And when it comes to health itself, I think I find so much value in just exploring all of the different kind of theories mm. and, and methods and, and not trying to sit strictly in one camp because it's all about you as an individual and of course. and the needs are going to be different and the beliefs are going to be different and there's well, no one size fits all. Do you know, I'll tell you this one quick story and I'll say ta-ra, right? Because I have lied to clients on a few occasions when, um, <gasps> like when I've measured them and stuff. So if you need like a tape measure, oh, yeah, this yeah. is buck and do. Right. Um, <laughs> before to look more successful than you really are no 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 for them right. so like let's say for example like I was measuring <laughs> someone and I could see that their weight had gone down yeah so they've lost weight yeah thumbs up and I knew that they'd really tried yeah really tried and I've almost like looked at the tape measure and gone, oh, this hasn't really gone down that much. And, you know, I know there's room for error on a tape measure, but when you've kind of measured people's waists and hips and whatnot as much as I have over the years, like you start to develop a, you know, you get a bit savvy at it, you know, and you have your your markers and all of that. And and I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same. The body does work in such way sometimes, you know, we can't always explain that there's been weight loss, but the tape measure's the same or yeah, the tape yeah, measure's gone down and the weight loss hasn't really gone down as much as you'd think. And like I've lied to people because I knew for them in that moment, it would almost be like a positive reinforcement that what they're doing is paying off because yeah. we've already seen the weight yeah, go yeah, down. Yeah. And I just know that, and I know what people are like. This is what I've learned over the years, you know, in the trenches, so to speak. Um <laughs> Um, you have never or, been in or the not. trenches. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it, Watch Journey's End. That's yeah, the I definitely wasn't in the trenches. <laughs> Even though the weight loss was there, I knew that if I turned around and said, yeah, uh, waist is the same. When one of their goals was to Literally, reduce the yeah, size yeah. of their waist, I know what it would do to a person, and especially a woman. Not stereotype, but, yeah, yeah. but again, you, you pick yeah, up I, on I, these I, things. I, I don't encourage it if I'm and, often... And do you know what? They'd be like, great. Because they don't need to check. They can't check. And I'm like, brilliant. And I write that number down. Nothing crazy. I don't just like, I don't deduct like four inches off or anything stupid like that. But something that makes them see that, do you know what? They'll go, oh, great. I'm going to keep going. And then that it, worked because there were weeks when I would measure clients and they were kind of static. But I'm going to get inundated now if any of my old clients are watching. Was yeah. like, oh, was like, I was just thinking, imagine if you had a client who was like, "This is brilliant, Matt. I'm going to sign up to 20 more sessions," and then you did it. You kept doing that, and all the family were like, "No, you you're don't. not actually you look, losing weight. You, like, you look the same." How, and they'd be like, "This, <laughs> no, no, this, no, this no, Matt's brilliant. <laughs> I've lost 16 inches off my waist." <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 really. No, you, you haven't. haven't. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, no, I, I was going to say the same thing where I often 
with clients, they have weeks where they don't shift. And uh, but to be honest, with a lot of them, I'm more more kind of saying let's let's look about how you feel. You know. Yeah. And, and but, but, but again, I, think, I suppose you yeah. you know that's something we've learned along the way, isn't it? I feel in, great. In terms of, <laughs> I haven't lost any weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we have like you know like we we we're much more experienced in that now in terms yeah. of managing people's expectations, etc., yeah, etc. Et All right, cool then. So that's the next episode, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, confidence cliffhanger. Confidence. We almost need it. Oh, there you go. That's what we need. We need an outro. Something a bit more dramatic for these kind of episodes. I don't think anybody really has that kind of dire need for a next episode. But maybe maybe they do. Imagine how that... Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. That'd be nice. Love that that on When you get into a series and they have that and they end and you're like, (laughs) oh my God. But part of you's like, you're almost angry about it. You're like, no. Do you know know that there is studies, evidence-based studies, on oh, don't start. dopamine and cortisol <laughs> and stuff when you're watching TV. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much it affects you. See. And that you get you get a big dopamine surge at the end when it goes continued. It's powerful stuff, to media. Be continued. Which is why a lot of actors or actresses say that they get almost um, verbally abused on the street because they don't like their character. But it's like, yeah, but I know. I'm playing a character. Yeah. That's not me. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. really murder my husband. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, otherwise I'd be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, hope you've enjoyed the episode. Sorry it wasn't really... Well, it kind of was a week in review in a way. Like a few yeah, breakthroughs in there. Week. Oh, yeah, I keep saying a week. A year. <laughs> I know it went fast, but it didn't Down, go that yeah, fast. It kind of feels like it. feels like it. Um, hope you enjoyed it, guys. And we will see you in episode 115. See ya. Bye.